0: You are listening to the Pay Me In Equity podcast, where money and motivation meet. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Desarte Yarnway, and together we'll embark on a journey to explore ways that we can design your wealth on your terms through equity and more. So sit back, turn your speakers up, and enjoy the show. This podcast is brought to you by Burke Nell Financial Group, a fee-only independent wealth management firm serving clients who get paid in equity across the country. Through the right planning process, Burknell tasks itself with creating roadmaps to help their clients reach their financial goals. For more information, visit Burknell.com. You are tuned into to another episode of Pay Me in Equity. I'm your host, Esarté Yarnway, founder and managing director of Burknell Financial Group. And today, I have a special guest. Um, so we've been able to travel to different cities to do other recordings, other podcasts. We've been in the heat, building businesses in the hot seat, and and now we're on pay me inequities. So without further ado, my partner Shabana Sayed, Shabana, how you doing?
1: What's up? I am doing well on this uh, gloomy day in LA, but you know I got my health, so therefore I got my wealth. So
0: yeah, there you go, there you go. It's crazy because it's gloomy here. Whoever said it doesn't rain in California was a liar. <laughs> because it definitely rains in California. And you know, coming back from the East Coast in Princeton, you're like, yo, I'm gonna move to California. It's gonna be sunny all the time, it's gonna be hot. It hasn't been either of those things since I've been here. But um
1: Well, you're in NorCal, so I feel like NorCal is definitely different from SoCal.
0: I hate how you SoCal people are like, Well, you know, you're up there. You guys <laughs> don't even say NorCal. Time. You should be like, You're up there somewhere. There. It, it's a little different, but I mean, it is California. Nonetheless, I'm excited to have you on the podcast with me today. And, you know, I've been able to have a a front row seat to watch you, you know, become a great content creator. You're doing your acting thing, right? And you're also keeping me in check as it pertains to, you know, producing my own stuff. But I wanted to introduce you to our audience. So for those that have yet to meet you, why don't you give them a brief introduction about who you are and what you do?
1: yeah definitely um so i would definitely describe myself as a creative soul so with that it makes sense that i am in marketing and content creation um obviously for those of you who don't know like um obviously i work with you at altruist which has been super super fun um but you know personally like i've just always been a storyteller like you touched on i do dabble in acting and things too so um ironically everything kind of goes hand in hand and i'm just very very blessed that i get to do what i get to do and work with people such as yourself
0: what attracted you to telling stories because i feel like that's a very unique skill and the best storytellers have a way of like taking everything that's inside of their mind right and like putting it in the forefront so like do you remember when exactly you were interested in kind of telling those those stories
1: yeah it started at a at a really young age, you know, um, storytelling for me has always been an escape. Um, and Mm -hmm. I really used it to, um, you know, personally, like just, you know, growing up, like I didn't grow up with much and there were like highs and lows and money in and out and things like that. So when things would get kind of stressful at home or there was a little bit of tension, like I really leaned on storytelling to lighten the mood. Um, since I could remember, I've always had like a really imaginative mind and outlook on life. So, you know, I would always look for inspiration from anything, whether it was like playing on the playground with kids or just like using my imagination to just develop characters and whatever else. And um, when I would do that, I would, um, I had a a tape recorder like way back in the day with, you know, like the tape. You had a
0: tape recorder. I had
1: a tape recorder, (laughs) I just aged myself? Oh, no, yeah. you did. It's,
0: it's,
1: it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Listen, I'm a kid of the 80s, like, and I am not ashamed of it. It was great. Um, uh, but yeah, like I would just have this little tape recorder and I would just record myself and then I would play it for my parents or my siblings and whatnot, just to like, you know, put a smile on their face when I could. So
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember, you know, I remember where I was actually. I was a young kid. My my sister used to read these like exotic books
2: <laughs> and she's,
0: yeah yeah that's i'm just gonna leave it at that she, i was a kid and she was like in her pre-teens and i guess these ah. were the hot like cosmopolitan love dating books right yeah. so she used to take me to this book it was actually called the marcus bookstore it was the only black owned bookstore in the city of san francisco at the time and i would go with her and i remember i was getting interested in writing at that point and my dad was sick and it was my escape to like
2: mm-hmm
0: get away from, you know, all of the stresses. I feel like I grew up early. All the stresses that were happening in our household at the time. Yes. So we go in this bookstore and the, the lady, and I wrote about this in one of my books actually, like the afterword. the lady yes. comes up to me and was like, do you like to write? Like she was like some kind of like voodoo <laughs> lady or something. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I can tell. She looked at me in my eyes. I was like, eight, I can tell you like to write. And I want you to keep writing because you're going to change the world with your writing. And my what? since then I've never forgotten that like moment. And she smelled like just vanilla candles. And and it, it was crazy, right? But I think, you know, for me, that was like the the inspiration that I needed to continue to keep writing in my in my repertoire of skills, right? Was there any time in your you know youth that you felt like this is what I needed to continue to be a storyteller or a creative? Any affirmations?
1: yeah like i don't know i've grown up life was like i mean i won't say every aspect of my childhood was rough but it was it wasn't the easiest so for me as i definitely entered my teens that's kind of where the next step came with my storytelling and that's kind of where i was introduced to acting Mm -hmm. and then acting really became another level of that escape and my drama teacher at the time She really like looked at me and she was like, this is something you should do. Like you are definitely going into a depth that other students at the time weren't really tapping into because, um, now we're going to get kind of deep, but like, you know, like as a kid, you just don't have the vocabulary right to deal with difficult situations and things. And so a lot of that ends up getting repressed within you, you know, only to like, resurface later in life which is a whole other story but you know in that moment like the words I was given from other playwrights and whatever else to perform that kind of allowed me to tap into the things I was holding on to and just go fully into it so it, it really was like my drama teacher like who confirmed I had something but then also it you know it reinforced the whole storytelling part of me and one thing I would always do is I'd have like a notebook and I would just, just free write, man. I just keep Mm -hmm. going. It just like would very similar to you. It's just like, it would just flow out of me like very, very easily. And like, I would also give it to like my English teacher and whatever else. And they'd be like, you need to keep doing this Mm -hmm. uh, because you definitely have a knack for it. So it was just getting that confirmation from like teachers that like really believed in me that helped just like build my confidence when I needed it most. And it was cool. I was able to do that through writing and acting and things like that. And again, it really was just like that, um, that highlight in my life at that point and something I could really turn to. And that's when I really became obsessed with like James Dean and old Hollywood. What, you know, ultimately led me to go to UC Santa Barbara and study film studies and things like that. Um, it just, it's always been something where not only did it service me and my need but it also allowed me to provide that escape for other people too who really needed it you know for
0: sure for sure when i think about creatives right i think about you know just how incredibly gifted they are from the way that they think and the imagination that you have to have to be able to write something that's good you know what i mean like yo i don't know what's going on in there but Keep doing that, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a different way of moving your mind. And the second thought I had while you were talking was just the fact that all it takes is one person to encourage you, you know what I mean? To be like, yo, you're good at this, you know? And I felt like, you know, throughout my childhood, I knew I was good. My dad never saw me play. But it was those people, like, around me that were like, keep going, keep doing this, keep doing that, that ultimately is... It plays a part in where we are now, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, 1,000%. And I really wish that I can go back and say thank you to those teachers who really had my back. And, you know, it also helps me, like, as I'm, like, looking at my nieces and nephews and just, like, you know, um, people younger than me, like, to be really wise with my words and my advice because, like, you just don't know the influence the impact you're going to have on somebody you just you don't know you have no idea uh-huh. and our words really can be inspiration or they could be weapons you know yeah. and we may forget something in an instant but that can leave a lasting impact on the other person and and like what we're talking about now it's like our teachers and mentors and things matter to us but they'll never even really know that they had that impact on us so for sure
0: I want to talk about just the current state of influence that we are in right now, right? Look, people are getting rich on TikTok. And I talked to one of our other guests, Rick Hoskins, about this. Um, When he was on, he's like, man, TikTok financial advice is not where you need to be, right? Uh, People are building brands online, which I'm an advocate of, right? But it's just this place where no matter how gifted you are, you also have to have this brand to support it this social media presence to support it if there's one person that i know who's a mastermind about brand building it's you so let's talk about some do's and don'ts as it pertains to brand building i know that some of my clients and the people that are going to be listening to this podcast right they are working in tech and they're building brands on the side right so what are some pitfalls that you even or people that you're connected to or people in general right what are some pitfalls? that they succumb to when building their brands?
1: The biggest one is they don't know their market landscape. Yeah, It's like going into it blindly and not doing the necessary research to really get to know your audience. Like Mm -hmm. you really need to know whoever you're targeting, like how do they live, eat, breathe, sleep, all of it? Like Mm -hmm. what are they doing? And figure out who your competition is too. Like, because like, like you said, we're living in a world where we are connected to everything digital and we're getting hit in the face with ads left and right. So how do you make their lives easier with what you are creating? You know, why should they listen to you? So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: really do your research, really understand like the industry that you're going after, the people you're going after. And when they say that marketing branding is like dating, that is nailing it on the head like ask so? questions man well think about like when you're dating i mean now, i know you're off the market now and married and all that stuff but mm-hmm. like when you know you're dating somebody have you not like,
0: heard the legend of the Sarte no, sartay <laughs> oh, <laughs> <like, laughs>
1: oh i've heard it before and i was like oh yeah now, now i get where flow is coming from but, like, <laughs> but yeah you get it it's like you you pay you play the 20 questions and like you get Mm -hmm. to know them like what is their favorite color what's their favorite meal like you know are they a morning person like all that stuff is like the insight you need when you're really building like your brand and your product and what you're going after because at the end of the day it's it's not about you it's about the person you're going after it's about them it's how are you making their life easier um so really i can't emphasize enough do your research on who you're going to talk and also understand, you know, in that same vein, how you should talk to them, you know, like talking to someone who's 50 years old versus someone who's 20 is very different. You know? I want to touch on that,
0: right? That do your research aspect, because I often feel that when I'm doing too much research, yeah, I come off as very like scripted. You know what I mean? Like I've done all this research. I know exactly mm-hmm. where you go to shop or where are you at Whole Foods? Like, how are you? <laughs> like to- I have to like fake it. You know what I mean? But when I do when I have a general understanding, I feel like I perform better because I'm like, I can still there's still room for me in that research. Like, I understand what you like to do. I understand that you're probably tech forward. I understand that you're young. You know, you probably are approaching some of the biggest life events that you're going to have, getting married, having a kid, buying a house, things like that. But I don't want to know every detail about you because that doesn't leave room for the magic. So. From a brand building perspective, like how do you know all of the research stuff but still are able to be authentic? Like, well, how do you play that?
1: You just nailed it, man. Be authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have all the research for sure. Like, know it and you know, whatever. Obviously, don't go like an encyclopedia out into the world and just like read off everything you know about them because that's creepy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> don't do that. But that, to tap into that, it's authenticity. Like you have to walk the walk. You have to be what you're presenting, and that really like dives down into the tone of the voice that you walk mm. with. And I feel like that really starts like internally before you can go external.
0: Ooh, like, I talk feel about like, that.
1: You know, like I I feel like companies and you're seeing this every day where companies pretend to be authentic. They really care, and then suddenly you're hearing all this stuff like from behind the scenes where it's like, they don't practice what they preach or this, this, and this is going down. Uh Like I really feel like when you're building your company, build it with the same values that you're going out into the world with and really live by that. You know, and as you continue to grow and build your team, make sure you tap in with your team, man, have those internal surveys, really talk to them, like make it an environment where they actually feel like they're welcomed and they have a voice. Because if you could do that internally, it's going to be that much easier to stand out in the crowd.
0: Yeah. Do you ever find that hard to do from an individual standpoint? Because I know that a lot of the people that li- are listening to this podcast, they got some dope personalities, right? They're smart. They're funny. Um, funnier than me, for real, right? And they're like just amazing individuals. But when it comes to like being a quote unquote professional, then it's like, I can't show every side of me because that might not be politically correct or right for a professional setting. So I'm asking you this question. Have you ever felt that way? Because I know that, you know, when we're offline, we're having these conversations super funny, right? And typically the people that build the breast brands online are so unapologetically authentic. That's the thing that, like forces you to go their way right that attracts you to whatever content that they're putting out there so talk about that do you do you feel like that because i know that you create a lot have you ever felt like that before
1: yeah i mean like i mean you know me i'm pretty unapologetic and i just am who i am (laughs) like and by being that way it just it gives how do i describe it that's a really good question i don't know i've gotten to a point in my like i think in my younger years i tried to play my cards right, so to speak. Right. So it's like, I would really like modify how I was in every situation that I was in. And as I was growing up and going through the different career, um, you know, moments in my life and all those things, I started to realize that when I'm just authentically who I am, it makes a better culture fit for people because Mm -hmm. then it just makes me approachable. It makes me more human, you know, and it's not like, oh, I can't access that person. And I, you know, that person's like above me or whatever the case is. It's like, for me, it's really important just to like, make sure that I'm cultivating a culture with my peers where it's like, they can lean on me. They can reach out to me when they need to. And by leading by example, like, I feel like I'm able to like, show other people how to do that too. Yeah. So, and when I see it getting sticky, because like with any corporation, as you're growing and like, um, you're expanding stuff like it's hard it really is hard to continue to like keep that type of like culture and environment and stuff but this is where communication like really is key like really holding space to have conversations and making sure people are heard and they're seen.
0: yeah it's rough for me in my short but long financial advising career yeah. I've almost yeah. been in the game for 10 years I've been running my business for almost seven yeah. right so When I first got to my first job was dress up, tie, suit and tie all the time. Then when I became an official financial advisor at another firm, they were like, yo, no facial hair. What are you doing? You know what I mean? (laughs) 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 No, What What are you doing? Stop that. And you got to wear a tie and a white shirt every day. And I was like, had no problem with it at the time. I thought it was like I was kind of fake it till I fake it till you make it or whatever they say. Right. And I thought that it gave me some power to be in the suit. But then I started thinking like, yo, I can do this same job in a nice pair of jeans and a sports yeah. coat and a t-shirt. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
0: And then I got looser and I got looser. And I found that every time I kind of loosened up a little more, the right type of person found me. You know hey, what I mean? Man. They're like, yeah. Yeah, totally. this is the type of person that I want to work with. Somebody that
2: yeah.
0: is serious about their work, but doesn't take their self too serious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody who I can laugh with spend time with outside of the numbers somebody who I feel comfortable you know introducing to my family my friends and my wife somebody who you know is in with me through the good and the bad and I don't know I just feel like when when we build brands when we try to create equity in our brands we forget that we are the worth we are the value mm-hmm. in the brand we you can't forget about you in the brand and yeah. I think that you can't. we spend so much time trying to emulate other people or like be like them. we forget that the true value and the true gold is us
1: yeah no it's it that is nailing it for sure it's like you have to be your real self because like even in my experience too the more that I can genuinely be just me I get to work with like you said people that I want to work with like and it doesn't feel fake it doesn't feel inauthentic it's like you're really showing up as you are, which also like gives that space for them to show up as they are too, you know, and Mm -hmm. you're able to have like those deeper conversations and cultivate like a stronger and longer relationship, you know, then it, it, then at that point, it doesn't, it starts to feel more of like your partners in it, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can really be their advocate, you can really show up for them you you got their back, and it it just it takes it to a whole other level
0: yeah i agree what can you say about consistency and brand building and talk to me about your experience with that with your own brands right because i feel like people think that one tiktok video is going to get them to where they need to go or one youtube video right or one blog that they write and honestly i wish it worked like that
1: (laughs) so do i I. like you know what i mean Listen, you may have a viral video or blog post good for you, but like the following week is going to be forgotten. Um, right. See is queen, man. Like you gotta, you gotta keep pushing it. Keep putting content out there. Um, but also with a disclaimer, whatever you're putting out there, make sure it's quality. Like make sure it's something mm. that, you know, means something, not, not just to you, but like to somebody that you want to share it with and really stick to it. Like, cause when people get, people are we are like creatures of habit right so it's like we get used to things so the more consistent you could be the more people will like just expect it and you start to build that conversation and that relationship with them and you start to plant that seed in their head and the more that you give and the more consistent you're literally watering that seed with every blog video that's going out there and keeping it front of mind But with that, when you are like putting stuff out there, don't go out there and just say like, Hey, I'm awesome. And this is the reason why I'm awesome. And that kind of stuff, like be careful with that. Going back to what we said earlier, like it's about them. It's not about you. So whatever you're putting out there, make sure it's a value, make sure it you know, contains something where it's like easily digestible and they can take and apply to their life um, or to their businesses or whatever the case is. just always going with that mindset, even if it's like a minute video or whatever the case is, just, it, it means a lot and it makes a difference. And another thing with that yep. too, that I've learned, um, through some of the projects and things that I've worked on also don't be afraid to take pause and just ask, how are you like, yeah, because people like, again, we're getting inundated with so much content and so much this and that. When somebody takes a second just to say, what's up? I want to check on you. That means the world to people. Cause it's like, oh wow. They actually really care about how I'm doing. And they actually really value my opinion. So this is where like surveys and things come in. So, you know, you're serving them Mm -hmm. correctly.
0: All right. I got a question. Um, Quality or quantity. Let's really have this conversation Uh, because everybody is saying like, oh, you know, you got to put out quality pieces of content but i feel like in the beginning so if you are listening to this podcast and you're in the beginning of whatever content creation that you're doing yeah. you kind of got to be in people's faces a lot yeah. right because yeah. i feel like when i was starting this podcast right it was formerly called the young money podcast it was based on a book that i wrote back in the day i really i was just so excited one right i was so excited i i recorded like eight podcasts and all eight of those podcasts came out within two weeks and I
1: was <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's going out there i'm pushing it it's
0: going out so i'm sure if you did subscribe i appreciate you in those early days but you were getting hit up like man another one A tuesday another one like you know what i mean and were they all good probably not they probably weren't all good but I think that it really let people know that I was serious about this thing that I was doing. Like you, you're going to hear from me. I'm going to try my best. And I think that people remember the consistency over the quality. Sometimes if you're putting a lot of stuff out, not to say that I don't value quality because I think that you should be getting better with time, but if you're just starting, be out there.
1: Yeah. What do you think about that? I agree. No, I I'm totally on a board with that. Like, just do it, man, pull that bandaid off and just jump in the deep end. Like at that point, like, yeah, yeah, aim for quality obviously, but like at the same time, face your fear and just hit publish, just do it, get it out there. Because one thing is, I mean, let's be real. Like when you do that, you probably won't get the most traction and the most exposure at the time, you know, whatever. So a lot of people probably won't see it, let's be real but the thing about that is you learn a lot about like how to create the storytelling like the editing all that stuff so in the very beginning push it out there because that is your moment to learn how to do it and how to do it and you also that's that's the time when you really decide like which platforms really work for you you know which ones are you really jiving with like Mm -hmm. Is it doing the podcast or is it just being on Instagram or is it being Twitter? Like, where do you feel you're calling? You're not going to know that unless you really do. Just kind of like throw it all out there and see what lands, you know? And then as you continue to do that, you will just naturally start to see like, where you ebb and flow? And with that knowledge, then you can really start to get more strategic and really start to fine tune what you're doing and what you're creating you know, as you move forward throughout the weeks and as you do that, you probably will figure out other things you can start creating too. So just long story short, just do it. Just jump out there and push it out.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you have any, I think you did like a short film or was that a series that you did?
1: Oh yeah. A little uh, short web series. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you just
0: jump in and do that? Like talk to us about that journey and how Uh you made that a success.
1: Yeah, you know, with like any of that kind of stuff, film and acting is so interesting, right? Because there really isn't a framework for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that literally was like, I just have this idea and then let me share it with my friends and, you know, pulling them in together and then start just brainstorming together. And as we did it, there were like a lot of ups and downs. I learned a lot about people's egos at that point in time, yeah. how to work with people. But I think the most important thing through all of that was like really just sticking true to our mission and like mm-hmm. the story we wanted to tell. And like having that in my head and like really bringing it back to that just helped us move forward and it helped us move forward faster. Um, and like once you caught to kind of see like the teaser and like our pitch kit and all that stuff come together, it was just really cool because it happened fast. And the reason why was because like we just stayed true to the characters and the mission of it. Um, yeah. But I will say, with that versus like you know corporate stuff, it was, it was all over the place, man. Creative minds are very chaotic, <laughs> like
0: <laughs> always. It's,
1: it's very chaotic, and when you're working with actors, I mean, you're you're dealing with a lot of chaos, and like trying to navigate that, it, it really boiled down to just getting as organized as possible just on like an admin side um and just really holding people to like meetings and things like that because creatives again are all over the place man it's hard to tack them down
0: can, can can we can we like dive into that because i feel like i'm a creative mind and i'm chaotic <laughs> <laughs> so when you say like creative minds are very chaotic i felt that and i feel like if you go back in history you look at people like basquiat you look at people like Picasso, right, Van Gogh, like these people have very compl- links and hues, very complicated lives, right, mm-hmm. in a sense that they're thinking, their mind's spinning. Oftentimes, although they're popular, they might feel like outsiders.
2: Yeah. Even
0: in the midst of this popularity, you hear artists and, and you know, singer songwriters, actors, rappers, whatever, they'll always say, like, I feel alone. Like yeah,
2: very lonely. in the
0: midst of all this like fame and success.
1: Mm-hmm. Why,
0: why is that? Why is a creative mind chaotic?
1: God, oh, man, that's a really good question. Um,
0: See, so he told you I was a creative chaotic well, mind. No, <laughs> exactly.
1: Now you're like throwing off my creative chaotic mind now. And I'm just like, how do I put this in words? Um, I mean, I can only speak from personal experience. Um, and just, I'm going to bring up James Dean again too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think people attach our identity to like our stories and our performances and stuff that they forget to look at the person behind the mask
2: mm.
1: you know and like it, it's just like and also being very creative it's very vulnerable man like you yeah like whenever i you know bring a character to life where i write something on paper like I, I mean, this is going to sound cliche, but I kid you not. It's like you leave a piece of your soul on the paper too. And it's very, yeah. very vulnerable and you are exposing yourself to people. And so when that happens, like, it's just like a very awkward place to be in sometimes. And it can be scary and you kind of shut down and then people will celebrate your wins and people will jump on your coattails and things. And I've seen some friends who are in the industry that this has happened to where it's like, suddenly you just become a product and not a person, uh. you know? And suddenly it's just like, it's just, it's not about you now. It's like, you are the brand and you are like the money maker and stuff. So like, forget your mental health, forget everything else going on. Then you just become like a work machine
2: and yeah.
1: keep giving and giving and giving. And so when they say they feel very lonely, it's like, yeah, they lose, they lose themselves in it. And it goes by so quickly. And I mean, the thing with like cities like LA and New York, these cities are very unforgiving, man, you know, Mm -hmm. they can, they, for creative souls, like they don't call these cities a land of broken dreams for no reason. You know, it's like it, it can eat you up and spit you out in a heartbeat and it'll be very unapologetic about it. And, you know, I've had friends who have like hit stardom only to disappear like a year later because they didn't get like you know another audition like it just is not consistent and like one day you're relevant one day you're not and you just get tossed aside they're very hard and so for me for create like one thing for me when i first moved to la yeah i was very intimidated by the industry and whatever else but i also wasn't ready for it either just from a mental Mm. standpoint and so over the last few years, as I'm like embarking on it again and like approaching it and like getting my feet wet once again with it, it's really important for me to make sure I am in a mentally and emotionally good state always. And to do that for all creative souls out there, I really, really, really advocate for having a community of people around you that know you. like. Yeah. From the front to the back, and you can keep it so transparent with them and just be who you are unapologetically. Because without that, man, like it, you can lose yourself. And I've seen it happen many times. I've seen it happen to friends out here, and it's so sad. And like suddenly they lose like just everything that made them get into it in the first place, because then mm-hmm. suddenly it's like it's not yours anymore, it becomes everybody yeah. else. So having that circle around you of people that just like keep it real with you and aren't afraid to give you the tough love and to check you and like protect you and stuff like, man, there's, there's nothing else like it. It's so important to have that around you. And I don't think that's just for creative people. I think that's just people in general nowadays too, because like we are so run by social media, right. And like Mm -hmm. so many people, their identity is connected to their social presence. Crazy. it's just like, it's so sad, man. It's so sad. Um, And for me, like having my circle, like people like you and like people like Anna and like, you know, other people, a part of that, like it just, it keeps me grounded and it keeps me real and like connecting to myself, you know, does that answer your question? I don't know, I feel like I went off on a tangent.
0: It does, it does. I I just, you know, I think that makes the conversation surrounding brand equity even more important. Right, I remember I was talking to our friend Justin Castell, and he was like look if YouTube goes away I'll still have all of my videos Mm -hmm. I want to own all of my content and that's the reason why I you know I do it the way that I do it I do it in an independent fashion Mm -hmm. so from what it sounds like there's a couple of key pieces for a person that's trying to build and and sustain brand equity number one just do it you know what I mean you have to continue to put yourself out there these are wise words from Shabana y'all so pay attention Mm -hmm. write it down just do it. I mean, you know, one of my favorite quotes is that everything that you want is on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so like it's a mental game to get over that hump, right? Like yeah. I just need to do it. And I think that if you're listening and you're waiting for the right moment, this is the moment. Like just go out and do it. Yeah. Number 2, consistency. I can't speak enough about like how much consistency has been, you know, kind of the propellant to my personal success. Yeah, like, because it's it's not all good, right? All of the concert isn't all good. If you if you make good content, every time you pick up a pen or get in front of a camera like God bless you. god bless you if that's you teach me your ways please but it's not it's not like that right so you just have to continue to be consistent and from what it sounds like to you one of the big pieces is just finding a tribe and a community that you can support can support you (laughs) as you go through these ebbs and flows. because um success isn't a straight line to the top
1: no it's not it's not at all like yeah it's like i'd be lost if i didn't have a community that i have and not just Mm -hmm. for the acting stuff but even like you know, in the finance world too. Like when I came into the finance, like industry and whatever, like my perception was not good, man. (laughs) Like What did you think? Like before I came in, it was, I hated it. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like my experience with some advisors in the past was really bad, like to the point where I've shared this before, but like one advisor just told me to leave my money worries to my boyfriend or my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just like, what the hell, man? And like with that, it's like, I'm like, screw the financial industry, I'm just gonna teach myself and figure it out. Um, and then, you know, once I actually got into it, like through work and whatever else, like I found such incredible, like advisors like you and Justin Costelli and like, you know, the list goes on where it's like, man, there's so many cool people in here. I'm learning so much from you guys. And by learning so much from you guys, We're able to like instill that in the content that we create, you know, to make it more valuable, to make it more like valuable and like just, and it feels really good. Like it doesn't feel like we're trying to like win a popularity contest. It goes to the point where it's like, no, I really want to be your advocate. Like I really want to like share this information because I think it's going to really help you. And like, you're not mm-hmm. always gonna hit the mark, right? Like there are certain like assets I've created where I'm like, I probably shouldn't have made that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because of it, like I learned and so I'm better the next time, you know? Um, and then again, going back to that community, it's like, it helps because you can like get feedback from like your peers and be like, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best approach or maybe try it differently, you know, going forward. So you kind of have like your own little focus group. <laughs> no,
0: for sure. For sure. I wanted to pivot since we got the brand equity out the way. What are you excited about in this in this year, 2022 um, and beyond?
1: You know, like for me, I'm just excited just to have on a personal front. I'm excited just to experience a lot more like the last couple of years have been very crazy for me and like people in my life and stuff. And it's really changed my perspective on how I see things. And so now like for 2022, my focus is really about tapping in with people that I care about the most and really nurturing and spending that quality time. That's really important for me. So that's like number one. Number two, I am just really excited to just really get back into like my personal creativity and like, really start seeing what I can actually bring to life there, you know? Um, cause life happens, that's what happened in the past. So now it's like, now I got kind of a handle on things, you know, in 2022, I'm hoping to resume like where I left off and like go yeah. really authentically, really as myself and just make it as fun as possible, man, because life is freaking short.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like to um, flip that on its head, right? I used to say, like, life is short, so I got to do, do, do. And I think that I was operating out of fear, like, yo, I lost so many people, life is short. But now I'm telling myself, life is long, and I get to do everything that I want to do. You know what I mean? So do it. I like
2: that. So,
0: you know, life is long, but now you have the opportunity to really use everything that you learn, right, to go ahead and build a bigger, better, more successful brand. So... I'm looking forward to it.
1: When you say that, do you think that gives you more freedom to be yourself? Like you take the pressure off of yourself?
0: Yeah. I think when I say life is long, one, it allows me to slow myself down mentally and, and really understand, you know, where this urge to do or create is coming from. Yeah. Because I think that you can try to create from a, Scarcity mindset,
1: reactive mindset, which is bad, a
0: reactive mindset, or you Mm -hmm. can be creating from a thriving, healthy mindset. And when you're creating from a mindset of like, I'm thriving, I'm healthy. I'm going to be here to watch all of my creations uh, grow Mm -hmm. to their proper figures. Right. What you create Mm -hmm. is better because now you really are nurturing that. See, you're thinking through that process. You're thorough. Right. And you can really put everything inside of that particular project versus scarcity is like how much quantity can mm-hmm. I produce to make sure yeah. that I can eat, I can pay the bills or I got like, you know what I mean? I can survive another yeah. day. And I think that though, these are two different type of creators. And I think we yeah. see that in different industries. Um, you see that in hip hop, for example, yeah. like people are just creating mixtape after mixtape or album after album. Right. And like all mm-hmm. oh, this is trash. I might like, one song off of these you know what i mean i might like like one or two songs off of here but this is bad and then you see like other artists right that are like very thorough and they come out like every three years they release a project or something like that right so that's kind of i'm trying to flip the way i produce on its head and i've battled with that over the course of you know 2021 is like i want to continue to create because that's what i do yeah. But I don't necessarily feel like I'm creating from the right place. And I mm-hmm. think brand equity, right? And owning your brand is creating when you know you have something to give.
1: Well, it keeps you honest. You know, yeah. it keeps you honest. Because let's be real, being busy for busy's sake is just straight up insanity. There's no yep. point. And
2: for
1: like sure. you said, when you brought up the music reference, like think about Adele. You know, yeah. she like she doesn't she's unapologetic man she's gonna take like Mm -hmm. three four five years to like create something when Mm -hmm. she drops it it's like freaking mind-blowing and it's like so valuable and so important versus other artists where you're just like why are you doing this man you're just doing this just to stay in the the spotlight. um like when you think about like someone like adele like she is very true to her brand she's true to herself she's very very authentic so when she speaks people listen right you know, it's very important. And even, I mean, think about the big brands too. Like, I'm, I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot for saying this, but like, you know, the iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all that stuff. Like, you know, I love you too, Samsung. Don't get me wrong. But you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, when you think about brands like that, when they do something, you take pause and you're like looking at mm-hmm. them, like, what's up? How do I be a part of this? You know? So for sure, there's something to be said about about that.
0: It's crazy you brought that up because I was gonna ask you like, what companies or, or people do you think are getting it right? Like when it comes to building brand equity, you mentioned Samsung and the iPhone, but any any individuals you're like, yo, you're crushing it. I wanna, you're doing it right.
1: Oh yeah, that's like, why am I suddenly drawing a blank to this? <laughs> like, yeah, definitely Apple for sure. Um, I, let's see, like what other brands are doing it right that I've like been even people. why am i drawing a blank all of a sudden oh you know what a brand that's actually they're actually a really small brand but um it's a jewelry brand it's called senia and the way that they market it's two sisters um and they built like this jewelry brand and they're doing it like in a very ethical way and yeah they're small but like what they're creating and producing It's just, it means something. And the way they even like build, like I bought a ring from them and the way it was delivered to me was like, it felt like such an experience and it meant so much. Like they were so thoughtful in the way they did it. And even the way that they like build their Instagram page and their website and stuff, it's so beautifully thought through and they really care about their consumers. So like just the way a lot of small businesses are doing their branding is really incredible to see it because they're going into the space where they really connect at the heartstrings with their audience and they're really thoughtful about how they're doing it, and also being sustainable to the environment too
0: yeah you know what really was a revelation for me i was actually thinking about this first of all in 2021 i didn't create a piece of content for myself maybe a couple podcasts here and there but nothing like consistent and i think that was just part of my personal exploration about what i wanted to do but then i was in a conversation with nile bear shout out to nile He's been a guest on the podcast um, and he sent us a question in our group chat, Invest Like the West, me, him, Michael Policar, Inland. He's like, fellas, fill in the blank. Marketing, great marketing is blank, All right? And it really got me thinking about like, what what does that actually mean? Like, what is great brand building? What is great marketing? And the only thing that I can think about was great marketing is authentic.
1: And great marketing is memorable.
0: Yeah, those things. And by being authentic, you will be memorable, right? So like, that's it. That's what it is.
1: Think about it. Got milk. Those slogans. (laughs) Just just do it. (laughs) Like You hear these slogans, you know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. But that's awesome. Look, I want people to follow you. I want people to be able to tap in with everything that you're doing because I feel like you're just getting started with building good brands. Obviously, you're helping big companies do it. You're coming back. Um, blazing here in 2022 where can people follow along if they want to make sure that they're keeping abreast with everything that you're doing
1: yeah check me out on twitter ssyyd thank you fin uh tech for getting me <laughs> like up and running there mm-hmm. so definitely twitter and linkedin is probably the other best bet shabana sayed um so those are the two definitely contact me or connect with me
0: Awesome. Thanks, Shabana. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you all for listening to another episode of Payment Equity. You know where to find us, Burknell.com at the Desarte Yarmoy on Twitter, and until next time, onward to greatness. Thanks again. The Burknell Client Community is an inclusive community of ambitious individuals, families, and business owners who are impacting the world in their own special way. If you're interested in learning more, visit Burknell.com to schedule your consultation. Be sure to follow me at the Sarte Yarnway on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on this podcast. Until next time, onward to greatness.